0: Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com
1: Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCalla. Thank you,
0: Dick Warren, and thank you, my dear listener, for tuning in one more time. Mecca lecca hi, mecca ni ho, as the great and powerful Jambi would say. Uh, what do we have for you today? First of all, an extraordinary show with an amazing guest. Second of all, uh, you should check out the YouTube channel, if you haven't already, because we're in person, and this is... It's exciting. It's an, ex- I'm an, it's an exciting time for a young man to be in the podcasting world. Um, in addition, a couple of program notes. Ready? So get your papers ready. There's going to be a quiz. Uh, first of all, Conversation, singular, among masters, plural, uh, is a an extraordinary conference that's limited, I think, to 200, 250 people. You all spend the entire conference in one room, and they bring in some extraordinary thought leaders and people with uh, a point of view to lead conversations among these extraordinary master coaches. If you haven't been, you want to go. If you have been, you know that uh, you should go. It's a great time. It's an uh, extraordinary learning opportunity. So, if you're feeling masterful or would like to check out conversation singular among masters plural dot com uh, this year in May in New York, Orleans. I haven't been to New Orleans recently. Another great city. Um, also, we want to let you know that uh, there are there is not the ICF global conference this year. The Converge conference was last year, but we're back to regional conferences. I myself will be going to the uh, Midwest Regional Conference in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania uh, towards the end of June. You can uh, attend there and we'll see each other. Um, Otherwise, check out the Capital Coaches Conference in Washington, D.C. and, of course, uh, the great Pacific Northwest. I think there's a million chapters in Seattle alone. So check it out. Go to the coachfederation.org and look up events for something near you. What else do I feel like? Oh, Association of Coach Training Organizations is having their conference in June, also in Virginia, very near Charlottesville. A little, little concerning to some of us, but at the same time, what better place to put a bunch of coaches and people out there looking to develop leadership and uh, the humanity of human beings? So check it out. Uh, Association of Coach Training Organizations, ACTO Online is where you find them, and that's, again, in June in Virginia. So, um, uh, Our longest sponsor of this program is an extraordinary company, Accomplishment Coaching. If you're like me, well, I'm concerned for you. But if you are, you look for the finest, the greatest, the top quality. You look for things like, um, you know, the. uh, now I'm struggling for things that are top quality, the Rolls Royce, the Tiffany, the Cartier. You're looking for those sorts of things. And when it comes to coach training, why not do, uh, you know what it is? It's the beeping. Can you hear the beeping? I can hear beeping. Um sorry, uh, oh right, accomplishment coaching the world's finest coach training program, and it's not hyperbole it's not an advertising slogan it's actually the way they design the program from the very beginning, so if you're looking at, and it's by any measure, in other words, if you're looking for the outcome or the success of the graduates, if you're looking for the satisfaction of the graduates, if you're looking for actual hours coaching or being coached by a professional coach, if you're looking for more books, more methodologies, more distinctions and tools. In every measure, the Accomplishment Coaching Program is superior to every other training program out there. And I know there are extraordinary programs out there, but I beseech you, my dear listener or observer, to go check it out, accomplishmentcoaching.com. We, of course, are delighted to be in their distribution channel for Accomplishment Media and sponsored by that extraordinary company, Accomplishment Coaching, for low these 15 years, here in each and every week, bringing you people out on the cutting edge of coaching, leaders in coaching, people you need to know about. Our guest today is such a person, the great and powerful Dr. Joni B. Connell, don't call her Connell, that would be a mistake, is join me. Uh, She lives here in uh, the beautiful seaside community of La Jolla, California. She is a PhD and president and CEO of Plus... Flexible Work Solutions. I'm going to work on speaking English. In that organization, she is both an organizational consultant and a leadership coach. She specializes in maximizing leadership potential. She's also an author. Her latest book is Flying Without a Helicopter How to Prepare Young People for Work and Life. Uh, It's an extraordinary book, and I'm delighted to have a copy right here. So if you're looking, if you're observing, uh, using our YouTube channel, or even if you're not, you'll just have to trust me. And it's recommended by no less than Marshall Goldsmith and Ken Blanchard, to name a couple. Uh, I believe you hold a bachelor's from a little place called Harvard University, and you have a Ph.D. Where's that from again? Berkeley. Berkeley, Cal Berkeley, uh, Golden Bears. All right, I'm married to a Stanford grad, but we're not going to talk about that right now. I'm delighted to have you here. Thank you so much for being with us.
2: Christopher, it's really a pleasure. It's so much fun to be here in person, too. Yeah,
0: right? We can play pat a cake. <laughs> we can uh, deal cards at the break. We can do whatever we want to do. Thank you so much for taking time out. Uh, people, of course, can find you on YouTube and all over the place. But um, I'm excited to talk to somebody who spends most of your career in organizational leadership and consulting to talk about parenting. What is it that, first of all, let's talk about how you, how you made that leap. Is it because most people in organizations are acting like children?
2: <laughs> well, maybe. Don't they always say you learned everything on the playground, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> everything I needed to learn. Well, actually, it was when I was doing my organizational consulting work, which I still do, mm-hmm. uh, it was the complaints I was getting from the leaders and the challenges they were facing, so much of it was around dealing with the millennials. I mean, mm-hmm. at the time, we didn't talk about, oh, millennials, this and that. It was just the new generation of people. They're coming in. And and the complaints were about um, lack of communication skills, uh, not being able to receive feedback. Mm-hmm. and uh, Where's my trophy? Yeah, where's my trophy? Uh, the entitlement, that was what it was called back then in the of, of complaints, the entitlement and wanting to um, move up the ladder so quickly and um, also just wanting to be told what to do at every step, wanting uh, the manager to do things for them that mm-hmm. they had never seen before, like spell checking their PowerPoint presentations and things like here, here, giving it to the manager to do rather than usually being the other way around. <laughs> and so those are the complaints And at the same time, I had a young child who's now 16, but I started seeing how things had shifted in the parenting world and uh, raising kids and also in schools, and there were major shifts about protecting kids and doing things for them, and I saw that the consequences of that when kids grew up showed up as these challenges that they were facing in the workplace, and so I made that connection and wrote the book.
0: It's a... it's so resonant for those of us that are both parents and uh in the workplace. I want to I want to challenge you on something though. I it seems to me that it's a little too easy for those of us with um you know, I've put some gray in my hair recently. Um <laughs> it's a little too easy for us to blame everything on the millennials. Are the millennials getting a bad bad rap and sort of just becoming the whipping post for uh for everything we don't like in the workplace
2: absolutely yeah and you know you think about it I mean who are the parents of the millennials (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) Uh you know look in the mirror a little bit about you know um, the values that have shifted and you know it There's also intentions, you know, we all are acting our best intentions, and then the consequences, the unanticipated consequences of that, and this goes for the parents as well as the children.
0: Now, here's, I want to, I want, this is for me. I really need some tips (laughs) here, because I have such a house, right? We've got kids 8 and 10, and my 8-year-old, the little prince, I call him, uh, is... You know, my wife is still, like, helping him cut his eggs. You know, the child is never going to learn anything except how to wave to the crowd like a royalty, you know what I mean, um, from the litter that I'm afraid his mother is going to carry him around on. So uh, what if you, if you could just sort of send a message to every parent in Western civilization at least today, what would you have us do or stop doing immediately?
2: Well, I would say to let go and let live a little bit. I mean, that's a little bit of an adjustment on our mindset would be the biggest thing, right? Just in in terms of kids actually are very powerful little beings and very adaptable and flexible. We think that they're fragile and they don't know how to do things, but you let them try it on their own and you'd be really surprised at what they can do. So letting go a little bit, that's the control piece, you know, right? I mean, in, in part, you want to make sure that everything's going to be okay, I mean, that's really the intention here is not to be a bad person. It's to say, no, I want the best for my kid and uh, the best, meaning I'm going to make sure it all works out just perfectly. But realizing that it's not always going to be that way. And kids learn by making mistakes. Mm. Right. They cut the eggs. They get it all over the table, the floor, right. whatever their face. Right? So, you know, they do that a couple of times. They learn how to do it right and then they get it from there. You don't have to continue doing it for them. So letting go. I also have a little statement about being a coach as opposed to a concierge.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. I'm right. going to write that down <laughs> immediately. Say more about that.
2: Right. I mean, as a coach, you know, it's about asking questions and having the person, i.e. the child, figure it out and learn how to make the decisions with a guided uh, questions. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're you're asking them the questions to get them to think about what they need to be doing, you know, um, if they need to uh, get ready for school in the morning, you know, what do you need to bring to school? You know, what classes do you have today? I mean, maybe at eight, they're not thinking that much, but, you know, like about your lunch, you know, yeah. what happens, when you know, where's your lunchbox? How are you going to remember to bring it to school tomorrow rather than saying, here it is, you know, I'm bringing it for you and right. putting it in this spot or whatever. So. Asking them the questions, the guided questions, rather than being the servant that follows them around and grabs everything for them.
0: There are two points there that I want to follow up on. The first is giving kids choices. So one of the things that um, you know, we tried to do as parents was in, right from the get-go, not telling kids, but always giving them a choice. Do you want to wear this or that? Do you want to go here or there? Do you want to, do the, do you want to eat lunch first or second? Right? So that they got used to having to make decisions in life. And I thought, oh, man, I'm a brilliant parent because I think that... <laughs> And um, and then now I realize it feels more like they're expecting a menu of options everywhere they go, right? So it's backfired a little because they're sort of like, what are my choices? <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, can I see the menu? Uh, no, here's here's your choice. Um, anything about giving our kids too many options or um, anything, for, anything there for you?
2: You know, it's really funny because I had a personal experience with that too. And I remember it was my father who oh. was there and he said to me, there's such thing as too many choices, you know, and you're giving your little child all these. And I was like, at first I thought, well, you're just old and out of date. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, like this is what America's built on. And then I realized that he had a point, yeah. you know, because sometimes you don't have a choice. And that's a really good lesson in life, you know, when you're – I mean, we always ultimately have a choice of whether we're going to walk away from our job and, and, you know, have to go find something else or be homeless, whatever it is. I mean, that's that's a horrible choice. I mean, so if we're not talking like at that level, we're talking about, you know, your boss tells you to do something. It has to be done by tomorrow. It has to be done by tomorrow. And, and so then you figure out a way to make it done. Or you're in school and your teacher is telling you, no, you can't uh, – Chew gum in class. Mm-hmm. You can't have a choice. You know, you just have to not chew gum in class. So we have these points in our lives where we don't really have so many choices, and we have to be able to get by. So that I mean, I don't know what you were asking for exactly. What is what is a tip on that is is letting the kids realize like, no, this time I'm making the decision. And that's it. Mm-hmm. You you don't have a choice in this situation, and they have to understand that uh, it's good practice for when you really are kind of stuck.
0: It's a there's a whole um, philosophical conversation I want to have following that thread about dilettantism, you know, in our, in our workplace and with our growing affluence in the world, you know, it seems like more and more kids, I, I've, I hired somebody recently and I said, okay, now I also need you to do this job and this job this part of the job was not delightful but, oh no you know, I can't, I, I don't want to do that part. I just I just want to do the good parts or the public-facing parts or the parts that, you know, I'm going to need a nicer title. Um, this entitlement, this uh, what I call dilettantism, because then, as you say, w- people rarely work through the hard stuff. You know, if we can get a divorce, why would I learn how to <laughs> yeah. navigate marriage? If I can, you know, just jump ship and go find a job at a different dot com, why would I uh, suffer through here and actually learn something new? Do you have tips for us as parents or as uh, in the workplace and organizationally to actually support people to work through breakdowns or should we let those um, moths fly to another flame?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I do. And actually in the book I talk a bit about work as drudgery. I mean, that's the real-life situation here. And I talk about what is real life. and, And work isn't always fun. That's why they call it work, right? Isn't that what people always say? And there's a lot there that, that can be boring, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, we have, like, the fun stuff like being on the radio, but how did we have to prepare for that and show up and all the details write we the had book. to... Right, write, you know, <laughs> all those different things. There's a lot of tedium in there as well. And so, you know, when I talk to people at work, you know, who have a higher level of understanding who are adults, right? We talk about...
0: Uh, <laughs> Could you, we I hope. didn't see the air quotes, but I heard yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, I, I talk about... Um, how important it is, first of all, to be able to be able to be bored and get through the tedious parts, but also how empowering that is mm-hmm. to the individual. It's empowering for a couple of reasons. One is that uh, being able to just deal with something makes you a stronger person and get things done. But also, we re- we realize we need that muscle memory, I guess you would call it, to get good at something, or right? you have to do it over and over again to get really good at it you know, speaking or like I have, um, I've studied martial arts. I mean, you know, you have to practice things hundreds of times to get that move just right. Mm -hmm. The same thing at work. If you want to get really good at uh, public speaking or you want to get really good at coding, you know, and you're writing code, you have to keep doing it and learn how to test it and take the bugs out. So with adults, learning that uh, it takes practice to get good helps them understand that, yeah, you don't just get to try it once and then move on to the next thing. With kids, you know, it's a little harder. They get that. They get that lesson. I've, I just remember looking at kids, even letting them do it on their own. My daughter, when she was learning how to jump rope mm-hmm. or shoot a basketball into mm-hmm. the hoop, I mean, you know, when she's a little kid, trying to hit that hoop was really hard. And just the amount of time she would spend doing it over and over and over again without me telling her to do it. She just wanted to. Like, no, we can't leave the playground because I want to get that hoop, you know. And seeing that inspiration, I think sometimes kids lose that when we um, incentivize them for everything, when we give them rewards for things. If they just have that intrinsic motivation to want to succeed and to keep doing it, they'll keep going without you.
0: It's... uh It's so important. I want to uh, remind people about the book, Flying Without a Helicopter. You can get get that, of course, wherever fine books and (laughs) Kindle books are sold. But also uh, the website is flyingwithout.com. That's flyingwithout.com. Um, what are some of the features of the website? What would what would people get by going to the, checking that out?
2: Well, the website actually has a free chapter of the book on it. What the what? Yeah, you get a, a chapter on, on the perfectionism piece, on how to uh, realize that the importance of not having to be perfect all the time, that's a great chapter for adults and for, for younger people to look at. And you can see if you like it and get the rest of the book if you want it. So that's that's actually one of the good things about that website.
0: Um flyingwithout.com. Of course if you want to work with her with her with your organization or um bringing of course. Of course. My computer's completely down <laughs> and my glasses are off. This is this is professional uh podcasting kids. Don't try this at home. Flexible work solutions if you want to uh, bring Dr. Joni Connell into your organization. All right. We uh, bashed millennials. Man, I love what you said about parenting because the great Jerry Seinfeld, no less, said something that I try and remember, which is parenting today, people just way too into it. Right? (laughs) When uh, I was a kid, I won't include you in my generation, but when I was a kid, we spent a lot of time with nothing to do. And we learned things and we, you know, had to uh, find ways to entertain ourselves with a stick and a rock. And, you know, we learned about fire. It was very exciting. (laughs) Um, I think those of us that have been around a couple decades feel like this millennial thing might just be a fad. You know, we've lived through management by walking around and now heart-based leadership and, you know, lots of different sort of fads in the workplace. Is this... um, millennial thing, just a a fad, something that's going to pass? Or as business leaders and entrepreneurs, are there things here that we need to pay attention to long term?
2: Well, there certainly are a little bit of both, right? I mean, millennials are getting older, just like the rest of us. The oldest of them are, you know, in their upper 30s, Mm. hit 40 soon. So next thing will be millennials in midlife, right? Oh, my (laughs) (laughs) God.
1: Where's my trophy? Uh,
2: But Generation Z, that's what we're calling the next generation Mm. after them. They're hitting the, uh, the, the limits of adolescence there too, right, because they'll be hitting college and going into the workplace within a few years. And is it different for them? Well, there certainly are some differences, but we're seeing the similar helicopter parenting trends continue mm. and parents doing things for them. Uh, even more so than maybe for millennials. And so some of these issues around learning the life skills, being resilient and empowered to do things, uh, that's something that we're going to have to continue to work on. Now, I mean, it's kind of interesting seeing some of the movements out there with younger people that they might be getting it and empowering themselves. You know, we all have some backlash there uh, against our parent uh, generation. You know, that happens every generation, Right. But maybe they'll kick into gear and say, hey, we need to be more powerful and uh, take things into our own hands um, as the next generation. But what is continuing on? Uh, It's the life skills, I think, is a real challenge. And the technology, which is another thing that's really impacting people's ability to make relationships and communicate well. And, you know, there's a little bit of entitlement there, too. I mean, we've got I everything, right? Mm -hmm. Everything is around exactly what you want. And so there's less of a tolerance for getting things you don't want. So those would be a few things.
0: Man, so rich. Um, One of the things I want to – I hear you sort of pointing us in the direction of the leadership, for example, that we're seeing out of, um, you know, Florida and elsewhere where where young people are truly leading – change in gun control in this country, or at least in the conversation about it. Um, Very exciting, but a little bit fits into the whole millennial mold, right? Mm Because they're going directly to leadership without Mm -hmm. sort of doing any stops or any of the Mm -hmm. basics, and God bless them because they're, you know, being effective, certainly more effective than many of our legislators. But with your permission, and I know this is touchy ground for the parent of a 16-year-old girl. (laughs) Okay. But let's talk for a moment about sex, baby. The uh, the kids today, and I do mean kids, right, exposed to more stuff uh, at an earlier age likely through the internet, right, um, arguably getting more information from their helicoptering parents. What are you seeing in terms of the social development of your daughter or uh, more broadly of teenagers, the coming generation? It seems, uh, to an outside perspective, because my kids are a little younger, that there's a lot of group activities, more than the boyfriend-girlfriend thing that was popular when I was young, or uh, lots more sort of hanging out as undefined. What what are you noticing, or what are you worried about, I suppose?
2: Well, I would say that the thing that, the challenges with the younger people is they don't seem to be building as solid relationships as people did uh, in the past, and social media is a real culprit there. Because we look at what is a friend today, wow. right? I mean, how many likes do you get? How many followers do you have? It's quantity, not quality, of friendships. And when I look at... Um, you look at teenagers and preteens, you know, you're getting in middle school. Your kids are going to get there real soon. There, yeah. um, It's the mean girls uh, is a big problem for the girls. And boys, it's the same thing, right? We talk about bullying a lot and all that. Um, but people aren't... Um, making that uh, effort to be as close as they were and really have the integrity of following through and sticking it out because they just flutter all over the place. You're uh, with this group one day, another group another day, and it's all about the quantity of likes on social media rather than the quality of the friendships that you're going to have for life or at least for a few years while you're in school together.
0: What age did you give your daughter a phone, and do you regret it? What age would you recommend people give them a phone, if at all? Maybe if never. at
2: all, right. right. Well, you know, Here, it's
0: a landline. <laughs> work it out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> My recommendation for parents is always to check in with your individual child. I mean, however many kids you have, each kid is going to be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And to see how responsible they are and not necessarily make a, a guideline or a rule based on some arbitrary number, but to look at the individual and see where they are Um, We have an only child. She's very mature. We were living out of the country for a year in France. She didn't speak English. I mean, she didn't speak French, sorry. And so we gave her a phone earlier than I might have otherwise. She was 10 at the time. Wow. Yeah, so that was just, she didn't really use it. Mm -hmm. It was just in case. She was caught across town and didn't know enough right, French, right, right. you know. I mean, it was a little scary at the time. Because um, <laughs> that long of the
0: leash would have been wrong. Yeah.
2: But, you know, I think a lot of people are, once they hit middle school, is a pretty typical time. And I also recommend also having a foot in the, uh, the technical world, mm-hmm. being an engineer is my first career, is uh, teaching the kids about how to use it not forbidding them from using it or Mm -hmm. taking away from them, but this is the empowering part. I mean, we gave our our child a computer when she was really young, and we taught her how to use it, what not to do, what to do, how to stay away from bad websites, you know. And some kids aren't going to get that. They're going to be curious, and they're going to keep going and trying Mm -hmm. to get into trouble, right, just with... You know, some people just do that kind of thing and they go through phases. Um, But you can also help them understand the consequences and the potential pitfalls of uh, going out too far and straying too far away from home, just like you do when they're out in the street and going off and doing things. You know, it's the Internet's pretty much the same thing.
0: Well, yeah, except maybe a little faster and a little little more accessible. All right. We're delighted to have in studio today Dr. Joni B. Connell. I'm still practicing that, Connell. <laughs> uh, she, of course, has that BA from a little place called Harvard and a PhD from a place called Cal Berkeley. Uh, she's also the uh, principal, president, and CEO of Flexible Work Solutions. You can find him on the web at flexibleworksolutions.com. The author of our latest book Flying Without a Helicopter which is available at flyingwithout.com more information there or of course wherever fine books are sold when we come back we'll talk more about leadership and um, parenting, we'll probably talk about resilience and maybe even reverence and get into the spiritual world you're listening to the coaching show right here on wsradio.com and through Accomplishment Media and I seem to have misjudged my time cue is there something that you'd like people to know uh, as we go to break?
2: Oh, I'd love to... People talk to me and ask questions, even if they um, just want to have a conversation. Great. Because it's just so much fun to interact with people. So, and which yeah. way
0: is the best way to reach you, through FlyingWithout.com or FlexibleWorkSolutions.com or Facebook or where, where should we find you?
2: They all lead to the same place. So <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> if you got one of those, you'll find me.
0: <laughs> great. Also, uh, there are a lot of great talks, both uh, long yeah. and short, with you on YouTube. So check it out. Mm-hmm. Joni, G-A-O-A-N-I-E. B Connell, C O N N E L L, PhD. We'll be back with more, and I'll, I'll work on my time timing here at the coaching show. Thanks for uh, listening. Check out accomplishmentcoaching.com, and we'll be back with you in a
1: few minutes.
2: Christopher McAuliffe is your source
0: for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, the coaching show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now.
1: Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner. The book Martha Beck calls, required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships. Get your copy wherever books and ebooks are sold, and visit harrietlearner.com to learn how to change your marriage today. Do you want to be a professional coach? Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with the Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. Whether you want to improve your company's bottom line or create a thriving coaching practice, Accomplishment Coaching can give you the distinctions and practices you need